Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we have come together to hear from you. Jesus, your words are life to us, therefore we open ourselves up to hear what you are saying to us. Holy Spirit, this is your service. I yield to you and become an active participant in what you want to accomplish here today. Thank you for personalizing this message of life for each of us and giving us what we need both immediately and in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, this message is entitled Forgiveness is a key that unlocks the manifestation of healing. Um, this was an assignment that God gave me. Um, it was interesting, I was talking to him last night and he gave me the KISS acronym, Keep It Simple Son. So that's how we're gonna flow today. All right, God gave the best he had and also what was necessary to pay the sin debt. If y'all will turn to John chapter three, verse 16 and 17. I'm gonna actually start at verse 14. It says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wild, even so must the son of man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay. Man was in a situation in which they were separated from God because of the choices that Adam made. God came up with a plan so that we could have right fellowship and relationship with him. And in order for that plan to take place, Jesus had to come and pay the debt that was owed by all of mankind. God came up with this plan. Jesus was the chosen one to become the sacrifice for all of mankind. Everyone throughout history, all that sin was laid upon Jesus. And the purpose was for us to have right relationship with God, for God to be able to show his love toward us. Amen? Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 5 through 7. It says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. In the Old Testament, they had animals that they sacrificed. That was a type and a shadow of what Jesus would become. Jesus was the Lamb of God who was sacrificed to take away the sin of the world. Amen? Turn to Romans chapter 5. Verses 5 through 8. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare die. 
But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He showed his love for us even before we did anything. I don't know about some of you. There once was a time I wasn't thinking about serving God. Not at all. I was out doing what I cared to do, what brought, brought pleasure to me, didn't care. Well, if you were to ask me, I'd say, oh, yeah, I care about what God has to say about these situations. But my actions spoke a whole lot louder than my words. But even when I was, as they say, doing my thing, and some of you doing your thing, Christ still died for you. Still died. Still loved you. Which opened the door that through his death, we could have right relationship with God the Father. Amen? Isaiah chapter 53 Verse 6 is what I'm going to get to, but I'm going to actually start at the very beginning. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord re revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He paid a price. He paid a heavy price. He paid a price that no one that has accepted him want to switch and take on that. He loved us so much, he sent Jesus. Jesus died. Jesus rose again, and through his death, burial, and resurrection, we have right relationship with him. Now you're saying, you're going through this quite a bit. Painting a picture. Follow along with me. It will bless you, I am sure. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This was done so the Father could extend his love toward us because Jesus paid the price. Psalm chapter 103, verses 10 through 12. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. So that's the reality. That's the truth. The last time I was here, I said, me and my wife talked about it afterwards, that old you, totally forgotten, don't exist. Mike, I remember you used, nope, I don't remember it. Remember I said that? Well, the truth of the matter is, I do remember the accounts. I do remember those things that were done, but I don't fuel them. It's not fuel. So forgetting it is, I'm not adding coals to the fire. 
I'm not putting wood on that fire to keep it burning. I've left that alone. And we must do the exact same thing as a whole. Everyone must do those exact same things. You cannot feed that. You're not that person that you used to be. Sometimes you'll get with people, hey, do you remember when you used to? Yeah, you remember the actual action, but I'm not doing that anymore. You're not doing those things anymore. You're not like that anymore. Don't allow the enemy to use people to take you back to where God has delivered you from. That is not who you are. You are now a child of the Most High God. You are a new creation. Mind has memories. It does. Just like your physical body looked the same. Unless you know you've been working out. Or you've been eating a little too much. One of the things. But you're the same physical person. There's still memories that you have, but your spirit is a new man. And you allow that to flow out of you. You renew your mind so that you're not following those patterns that you had before. Amen? Isaiah 43 and 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will remember and will not remember thy sins. So that's how God is dealing with you. He's not holding you accountable for those sins. Why? Jesus already paid the price. Jesus paid the price for you going in that store and stealing those little Debbie cakes. He did. They're not charged your account. When they're not charged to mine. <laughs> Amen. Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So, we are forgiven. If you are in Christ, you have received that forgiveness. Truth of the matter is, God has forgiven the entire world. Sin debt has been paid for the entire world. What is the difference between us and those that are not in the family of God? They haven't received it. They haven't received it. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Then say that God so loved Christians because none of us were Christians. Remember, before we even thought about accepting God, he had already made that way available to us. Now, with forgiveness comes healing. It opens the door to healing. Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 25. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were coming, which come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with, with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tilling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. So they got a man on a cot, sick of the palsy, trying to get into Jesus, trying to get into this house. 
So Pat came. These men climbed on top of the house with the cot, with the man on the cot, cut a hole in the roof, and lowered him down. They said, boy, you're going to get healed today. You're going to walk in the manifestation that I hear this day. We done brought you here. We done climbed on top of this house. We done jacked up this man's roof. We done lowered you in. Oh, Jesus going to see you. He going to see you. And when he, Jesus, saw their faith, he said unto him, the man that was on the cot, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, what reason ye in your heart, whether it is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk? Now, my question to you is, why did he tell the man his sins were forgiven? You've seen other people that Jesus has healed in the scriptures, he didn't always say your sins are forgiven. So why did he tell this particular person your sins are forgiven? I have this conversation sometimes with my wife. I'll say, do you know this? Yes. She'll look at me and she'll say, you already know the answer that you're looking for, so why are you asking me? A lot of times that's the way the conversation goes. Lately, because before that was true, lately I've been wanting to know what she had to say about it. That's the, been the reason why I was asking. Well, what I believe is that in order for him to receive healing, this particular one, he had to be forgiven first. There needed to be forgiveness to open the door for him to receive healing. Hallelujah. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. He was magnifying God. He had received forgiveness and he had received healing. Amen. James chapter five, not six, verses 14 through 16. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I'm telling you, if you're sick, if sickness has attacked your body, you call for the elders. You get your head anointed with oil. They pray, you're healed, and your sins are forgiven. Forgiveness of sins, clear the way for healing to take place. Hallelujah. Let's skip, 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 skip. 
First Peter 2.24, who his own self bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Our sin debt paid by Christ, we receive his forgiveness, we receive healing. Hallelujah. Here's the key. We must walk in forgiveness in order to receive healing. There are some of you that may be wondering, I'm doing everything that your word tells me. I believe, I declare, I decree, I have faith. Why am I not seeing the manifestation of my healing? It could be because you have fought against a brother or a sister. You may not even know it. It may be in some small, dark corner of your soul that you're like, that joker did me wrong. Pastor Mike, you don't know what she done to me. You don't know what he did to me. You don't know the things that they said to me throughout the years. You don't know the actions that they've taken against me. And you're right, I don't know. This is true, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that if you want to see the fullness of God in your life, if you want to walk in healing and in divine health, you have to forgive that person. Could it be hard? Absolutely. Have I experienced that? You better believe it. There are times just I would think of a person's name. And Lord Jesus, I want to get with them. Not in the right way. But the thing is, God says we have to forgive them. And I know I've been sitting there. I can't. I physically don't know how. I just, God, you said this. I can't do it. Well, this is the truth of the matter. If God told you to do something, he's empowered you to do it. You have been given the power and the authority to do it, to walk in it. Now, can it be hard? Yes, it can. Just like in the la one of the last analogies, it said, if you have a fire, you have wood. You've ever seen a fireplace, ever been to a bonfire, any of those things, or even barbecue with coals. What keeps the fire going? More wood. Oxygen definitely does, but more wood. So, and if you can have lighter fluid, that gets um, one of the things about it, though, is in order to keep that fire going, you need to feed it. You need to feed the fire. Now, if you stop feeding the fire, eventually, but it's still going to burn. You got, a fire, you got a full fire going, you got wood over here, and you got a fire going. You start feeding it, not, okay, I didn't throw anything, and immediately the fire goes away. No, the fire's still going to burn until it burns out all of the wood. The only difference is 
you started the process for that fire to stop by stop feeding it more wood. It works in the same way with forgiveness. I don't feel like forgiving them. You know what you do? You make a decision. You make a choice. You choose to forgive. Does it stop hurting immediately? Not with me, it didn't. It might. I can't say that for everybody. I can't talk for me. When I say, I forgive that sap sucker, um, they still felt like a sap sucker to me. And, and I still have feelings of, I don't want to be in their vicinity. I don't want to talk to them. I really don't want to hear their voice. I don't really want to hear their name, any of those things. But I chose to forgive. So what happened was I stopped feeding the fire. And eventually, the fire went out. Eventually, I didn't experience those feelings. Eventually, I could hear their name. Eventually, I could even talk about them. May it not bring that thing. Now, tell you this situation also you have to forgive you don't have to trust God tells us that we need to forgive people he didn't say we have to trust everybody so it's not like okay let's read it I stole my money not too cool with Miss Rita right now. I forgive Miss Rita, but I ain't gonna my wife by Miss Rita. I may not let her in my house. I've forgiven her. I love her from a distance. And these are some of the things because some people feel as though I forgive them, that means that I have to have a relationship with them. That's not always the case. It's not always the case. Now, God, there may be some relationships that need to be restored. But then there's some that's like, you're better without that person. You're better not being around that person. Those are things that we have to understand. We have to walk in. Because... God said, if you don't forgive others, he won't forgive you. Man, I thought that was harsh. I did. I was like, talk about all this love and all, yeah. And you have this problem with this one person, this person, that has justifiably did me wrong, and you won't forgive me? What's wrong with you? That's what I thought. I didn't tell God that. Of course, I didn't speak it out. But he, he knows our thoughts. He knows what we're thinking. He knows our thoughts. So, and that one, that one really used to, I was like, ah, I'm not grasping the whole, I'm not grasping this whole thing. Then God shared with me a script. Because I was like, I was, you know, I was listening. I was actually listening to someone else's commentary on it, hearing what they have to say. And then, actually I was reading it, say listening, but actually I could hear the word in my mind, so I was hearing it as I was reading it. But then I heard God's voice. He said, as long as the earth remains, there'll be seed, time, and harvest. Which means you're sowing a seed of unforgiveness you're reaping it also. You're reaping it also. Um, that's, what we, that's what he told me in the moment. It made sense. It made sense. Because it's not like I hold something against you and then he's going to have somebody hold something against me. It's just like you put yourself in that, you put yourself in that position. It would be the same as 
You know, everyone in here knows I believe that God loves them. But if you took a bottle of poison and you just drank it, knowingly, willingly, oh, I know God's going to heal me. I know this is not going to have any effect. You'd be standing before Jesus. And if you remember it, you might be saying, what happened? Because <laughs> that's, that's just not how this goes. Besides that, we have the nature of God, correct? He's given us his nature. He forgives. Love forgives. Well, will I die and go to hell if I don't forgive someone? My question is, why are you asking that question? If you know God, if you know that's something that God wants you to do, why would you say, what are the alternatives? Because God ain't willing to do that one. Why? that one right there. Some people might be saying, Pastor Mike, I know all this stuff. Once again, this is the kiss to you. Keep it simple, son. That's what he told me. There were some elaborate things that I wanted to do, and I had it planned. He was like, not today, bro. Matthew chapter 6, verses 12 through 15. And this is talking about the Lord's Prayer, and he's given a description of how to pray. It says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, if forgiveness brings about healing then unforgiveness will bring about things that doesn't involve healing. Did you all know that holding a grudge or holding unforgiveness, there are sicknesses that are attached to those? There are. I remember once I had a conversation with this person. They were a professing Christian. They were heated about another person. I'm almost 100% sure they never met the person that they were heated against. They just had different views. Political views. This person was livid. And I happened to have a conversation with this person. And this person was just going off on the person that they had never met. They'd heard a lot about that person. They never met him. I'm almost sure they never met him. They were upset there. I mean, extreme. See it in that person's face. So mad, so upset, so infuriated. So as they were talking to me, I said, when they paused for a little bit, let me get that word in edgewise. I said, why don't you pray for them? 
I'm not praying for that person. No, that's kind of the way they said it. I'm not praying for that person. There's no way in the world that I'm praying for that person. I'm not praying for them. They were hot, livid, upset. Just my observation is I can see the, the hate in their face. I can see the hate in their face. And this person was a professing believer. This person passed away. They passed away with one of the um, one of the sicknesses that's connected with unforgiveness and hate. Now, do I know if that's the reason? No, I do not know that. I'm not necessarily trying to say that, but I am saying this: that person did not ever. Meet, they definitely weren't friends with the one that they had this art against. The person don't even know that they passed away. The person don't have a clue of their life. Why would you let yourself be infected by someone that doesn't even know, that you don't really know, or somebody that you do know, but they don't even know that you're so upset with them. Because the truth of the matter is, it's affecting you. It's not necessarily affecting them. It's on you. You're polluting yourself. You're cutting yourself off from God, and you're rushing to problems here and possibly an early transition. Why would you do that to yourself? We as believers to love. Love forgives. Point blank period. Point blank period. Love forgives. Mark eleven twenty three. 25. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not darken his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying for those things that you desire, forgive if ye have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Mark 11, 23 and 24 are considered the faith verses. I've heard messages through the years of Mark 11, 23 and 24. Man, you believe, you receive, you speak, you see that. You know what goes hand in hand with that? Forgive, forgiveness. Forgiveness. There's an interesting thing. Um, message was talking about forgiveness many, many years ago. And I had art against a person that was so pretty. I was straight up embarrassed. I was like, okay, God, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. God, will you forgive me? He said, go tell that person. Huh? If I go tell this person what I got against them, 
you know how stupid that's going to make me look? I really don't want to do that. Go ask them for forgiveness. He was like, man, do I have to? It'll be in your best interest. So I walked over to the person. <laughs> they didn't have a clue. I told them the petty issue that I had with them. Kind of tooted the head, like, what was wrong with you? Kind of smiled. I said, it's okay. It's all right. Because I got the understanding that it was necessary. But also, made me stop having little petty things about people too, because it's like, man, I want to keep doing this. I'm looking like a straight fool walking up to people <laughs> telling them, hey, would you forgive me? Because you didn't offer me a piece of chewing gum. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. But it was something that's about that petty. Really about that petty. And they were like, yeah, you, you good. Yeah, yeah. Thinking foolishness. But at the same time, I wanted my relationship right with God. So I did not want to hinder any of that. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35. We're going to be skimming through some of this. Um, 21 says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? So seven times. I guess Peter had some people or a specific person that was really bothering him. So he was like, man, how many times do I got to let this dog out the hook before I catch him with a right hook? Um, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants, and when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Translation, a lot of money. But for, for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. Wow. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 pence, a whole lot less money. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Joker, give me my money. Saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Sounds familiar. And he would not. Nope, not going to happen. I'm going to need that package. But went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. Yes, I did read them all. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I, gave thee, I forgave thee all that debt because thou, thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was, was wrought and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you if ye from your hearts, forgive not 
everyone his brother their trespasses. Okay, so the evil servant, he was given to the tormentors. What did he owe? His Lord gave him over to the tormentors till he paid all that he owed. What did he owe? Anybody? Anyone? He owed forgiveness because debt that he owed, his Lord had forgiven him that. So that wasn't the issue. Issue was the fact that he didn't forgive and he had received forgiveness. So what he owed was forgiveness. And he was tormented and didn't say if he ever forgave. But he was going to be tormented until he did forgive. Price was already paid. Well, in this case, he's like, you don't have to pay me. I've forgiven that all. And even after he was explaining to him, he said, I forgave everything. But you still owe something. You owe the deed to forgive. People without forgiveness, you cannot walk in the full manifestation of healing. Without forgiveness, you cannot walk in the full manifestation of everything that God has for you. You must forgive. No matter how difficult it may feel, it's not based on a feeling. It's a decision and it's a choice. The Lamb of God willingly went as a sacrifice to pay the debt that we owed, which was death. Up until that point in time, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have been in union together. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around he always was. It's just difficult. Up until that point in time when the sin of the world, of all mankind, was placed on Jesus, he was always in fellowship and relationship with God, the Father. Always. At that point in time, relationship was severed because God's holy. He hates sin. Sin had to be put on Jesus. So there was separation. Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? Separation. They separated so we could have a relationship with them all. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Scoring in shame. Every excuse we can give God for not, for not forgiving one person he could have said the same thing about Jesus. You know what they done to me? You know what they done to my son? You know how he talked to me? You know how my son was talked to? Spit on? Slapped? You know how they physically hurt me? Did you read the account of Jesus? All of that was placed on him to pay for us. Must forgive in order to walk in healing. Forgiveness is one of the greatest expressions of love. It takes faith to walk in the manifestation of healing. Faith works by love. Love forgives. Faith pleases God. Last night when I was praying about this, about this, about today, I started off and I said, 
God, I thank you that you've equipped me and anointed me to teach this message. He said, it's not a message. He said, this isn't a message, but it's a movement. We're unlocking the chains to walk in love, healing, and divine health, and to be totally set free. So, we're going to continue this movement. Movement into being and doing exactly what God has called us to be and told us to do. I pray that you all have been blessed. Now, one of the things I want to share real quick for some of you that were not in for corporate prayer um, and at the start of praise and worship service, um, God had told me in the beginning, um, a couple weeks back, I knew I was going to be teaching today. He said, um, this is going to be a healing praise and worship portion of everything that was going on. He also said that during praise and worship, the manifestation for some people for healing would be immediate. Be immediate manifestation for healing just through praise and worship alone. He said, after the message will release people who didn't necessarily receive the manifestation of healing to maybe find out what it is that's stopping that or the reason why they haven't seen a manifestation and they will receive manifestation of healing. Say, so, he said, the work is his. And so, I believe that everyone that will hear this message will have that same opportunity. Actually, he told me that they would, so. Um, there's a part that my beautiful wife plays in this as well, so if you would come up, dear. Okay. When Pastor Mike said, uh, this is a movement, we're going to continue this movement because no one is going to leave here broken, not healed, in bondage. And uh, when he was reading Luke 5 and 19 about when they were lowering the man down by any means necessary, he was going to be healed. The Holy Spirit told me, he said, Jesus died by any means necessary so that we can be healed. Nothing missing, lacking, or broken in our lives. By any means necessary, you are already healed. Healing is not only physical, mental, finances. So we're going to cover each and every one of those things in prayer. And when we were doing praise and worship, I felt a wave going through the room. Just a wave. A wave of people being set free, chains breaking, deliverance happening. Just a wave. I don't know if you received it, but I received everything that I needed when I walked in here. So we're going to pray. And your part is just to believe it. Do not let this opportunity leave you. If, you. if you got anything that you're holding on to that needs to be released, I would tell you stand on your feet. There's not a person in here that I believe cannot stand on their feet. No one, no one is looking at you. Everybody needs to be looking to God. Whatever the diagnosis is, it is cursed right now in the name of Jesus. 
your bank account. There's no lack in the name of Jesus. Mental disease, depression, it is loosed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Relationships are being restored right now. In the name of Jesus. Marriages are being healed right now. In the name of Jesus. Jesus is your marriage counselor. Jesus is your healer. Jesus is the way maker. There is nothing that we have not brought to Jesus that he has not already heard and he has not already done for you. A diagnosis can't stop or block any plan that God has already made for you. You don't have to walk with sickness and disease. You don't have to be tormented because you think that you're lacking in your finances. God is the one that provides everything that you need. So therefore, there is no lack. Family members restore right now in the name of Jesus. There's no reason for you not to be speaking to your brother, mother, father, sister, cousin, auntie, or whoever. You are created in the likeness of Christ Jesus. You don't do what the world do because you don't want to receive what the world receives. So, Father God, we just thank you right now. We thank you, Lord God, that we are demon slayers. We thank you, Lord God, that we walk in your divine purpose. Lord God, we thank you as we bring our petitions to you, Lord God, during this time and this movement, Lord. We thank you that you have set us free, Lord God. We are not captives, and we will not continue to walk around with everything broken. Every time someone speaks to us, we have the joy of the Lord who is our strength. We are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. There is nothing that is too hard for our God. We are infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us right now in the name of Jesus. We saturate this place with your goodness, Lord God. We saturate this place with your healing power, Lord. We saturate your power, Lord, this place, Lord God, with everything that we need to walk out this life in victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Our children are blessed. Our children's children are blessed. We are blessed coming in, blessed coming out. There is no lack. There is nothing that's going to stop or block us. We counsel and curse every plot that the enemy have. We call them plots because the plots are not greater than the plan that God has already provided for us. A plot is a temporary setup and God's plan is the setback for everything that the enemy had tried to bring our way. God God said he is pushing it back. If he is pushing it back, we got to stand our ground. Stand your ground, saints. The same God that said that you are saved is the same God that said you are healed. He's the same God that said you're delivered. He's the same God that said he chose you. He's the same God that said he loves you. God did not create us to abuse us. He created us to love us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are free. Every person that pressed their way to get in here, you are free. You are healed. You are whole. There is nothing that the enemy has against you that he can take to the bank. Hallelujah. 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 His accounts are canceled. You are delivered. You are set free. You are not in bondage. And that covers your household. The Holy Spirit is moving up and down every hour right now. Whatever it is that you've been praying for, it's yours right now. Give the Holy Spirit permission for the manifestation to take place in your life right now. You give the Holy Spirit permission for the manifestation to take place. We're not waiting for anything. We don't need a sign. Jesus cross, Jesus Christ died on the cross. That's your sign. That's your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a movement. This is a movement. Don't hold this to yourself. When you leave this place, hold, heal, set free, and deliver. Go out and do the same to your sisters and your brothers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. It is done. When Jesus said it is finished, he didn't say, I finished some. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. Children are going off to college. Children are in the military. It is finished. They are protected by the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing will harm them. Nothing. Thank you, Lord God. As Deaconess Jacket was praying, Psalm 91, they are protected. 
They are covered. Hallelujah. They are doing the good work of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, every person that under the sound of my voice, I decree and declare wholeness in your life. I declare that when you go home, that's your peace. That's your castle. That's your kingdom. We curse every distraction that is coming up against you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every lying tongue that's rising up against you, you will curse it. And Jesus Christ will reverse it. And we just give you glory and honor, Lord God. Glory and honor. I just, just give God a praise break right now. Hallelujah. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.